Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. I think after reminding people that this is something that our government and our country has never, ever been through before and hopefully will never have to go through again. So the rules keep changing every single day. You know, one day you're getting this amount of money for that and the next day they change it because they realise it's not enough or it's too much. Or, uh, so everything is changing on a daily basis. Dates that you're being given for suspension of certain services, you know, those dates may have to move forward again. And on the line to talk to me about particular dates is Conor Falkland, from the, who's the Director of Consumers Affairs uh, for AA Ireland. Uh, Conor, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Niall. Hello. Well, the RSA has suspended all normal driving tests until April 19th, and that date obviously being movable if necessary. But um, how does that, you believe, how many people currently are waiting for a driver's test or are booked in for a driver's test? Have you any idea? Well, yeah, they, they actually had got their act together on that. It would, in other circumstances, have been a reasonably good news story for them. About three years ago, four years now, maybe, there was a long wait for driving tests, as in it had gone out to four, five, six months. There were certain test centres in, con- in the country where it was over six months. Dreadful, like the bad old days. Yeah. The RSA, in fairness, have been on top of that in recent... I'd say, I'm going to say the last year, they've really wrestled that back under control. And the waiting list was down nationally to under six weeks, which is great. That's about you know, where, where you would like it to be. Um, and then along comes COVID. So clearly, they have to pause. They have to stop conducting driving tests for... April 19th, but as you say now, it's, it's, you know, that's a, a, a movable date that may extend. So they're going to wind up with a big gap in the amount of tests that they've physically conducted. And unfortunately, that means, you know, having done the good work, getting on top of the waiting list, they're going to get back in business whenever we're all back in business, whether it's May or June or July or wherever it is. Uh, but as soon as they come back, they're immediately going to be recongested with another, with another waiting list. backlog yeah. problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah a okay. bit frustrating. The so, NCT is still open for the time being. Yeah, view. I'm surprised to see that because somebody sent us an email yesterday that she had been for an NCT and she said she was sitting in a waiting room with other people and the driver was in and out of her car and... She was kind of a bit concerned about that and I was going, yeah. Now, I know the NCT have put out a, a list of guidelines saying their, their testers will try their best not to have, yeah. you know, close contact with people and, and to bring your own, you know, kind of wipes and, you know, sanitizer if you wanted to clean yeah. your steering wheel afterwards. I suppose there's a limit to what they can do. But I am surprised because in the UK and in Northern Ireland, uh, in both cases, they have suspended the MOT for six months. Yeah, well, in fact, in Northern Ireland, they had suspended it already because of this issue with broken lifts, which was, uh, you know, a pre-COVID story. That yeah, we all probably well, and that's what she said that. in her email. She had to make two yeah. visits because the yeah. lift, yeah, the lift was broken. Exactly, in. Yeah, exactly. Well, look, um, I, I, I think, I, I don't want to speak for the NCT, but, I, you know, just in terms of everybody out there in the economy, including the AA, you know, we're, we're, we're doing rescue tasks at the moment because people still need us. We're doing... We're doing free rescues for anybody who works in the health service. Our patrols are out and working. We have people in the office, a very small number of people, and it's reduced. But, you know, we've got customers to serve. And that, that was the T-shirt construction. The economy has got to keep moving. So once you can implement proper social distancing protocols and can operate in safety, um, then I think it's, you know, as per the T-shirt's comments, it, it, it's right that business and commerce continues. We need the shelves full. We need things to move. And what about, the, gar- people- what about the garages, Connor? You know, people who yeah. are working and need to get their car fixed. I mean, I'm getting mixed reports of some garages are open and other mechanics and garages are closed uh, and mm. people don't seem to know. I mean, it, it is a little bit ad hoc, isn't it? 
Well, it is a little bit, but you recall actually the in the Taoiseach speech uh, um, yesterday that was one of the of the um, essential services that he actually specifically mentioned was uh, uh, mechanics, and, and you know, for, for for just that reason. So some of them are still open. I happen to know just because we've come across them ourselves that there are some garages who are closed to the general public. Uh, but like the AA, they're open for health service staff, for anybody who's vulnerable, for anybody who genuinely needs it. And like every other workplace, workplace, they're implementing distancing protocols. Uh, um, yeah, I know, I know some of the main yeah. dealers have suggested that if your car was due in for a service, that you're to stay at home and they would come and collect your car and, yeah, and bring it back terrific. to you. Yeah. yeah, which is terrific. And everybody's improvising and doing what they can to... Uh, to serve customers because look we, we talk about the obvious frontline staff like our health service you know they're the heroes at the moment and we all know that but actually you know we're all being asked to participate in this national effort so it's just look whatever we can do and and, and at the moment our government is telling us that one of the things we can do is 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 keep things going keep things going keep those keep the shelves filled keep the services provided there are some unfortunate sectors of the economy where you just cannot operate in, in with physical distancing protocols in place. So, you know, yeah. hairdressers, uh, clearly a lot of the hospitality industry is wiped out. So that's wiped the out trade, yeah. wiped yeah. out. Sure, my son is a musician gigging in pubs in Dublin. That's the end uh, just of that, 100% yeah. gone. Yeah, he's yeah, going to yeah. volunteer for the HSE and do something useful, maybe. But, you know, so, so we're, we're all sort of trying to do what we can. And part of that is keeping commerce and, and, and keeping uh, what what we can of the economy, what we can operate safely, we should still be operating, and, that, and that's what we're trying to do. Mm. All right, well, look, and by the way, just to mention as well, the RSA said they will make reasonable efforts to accommodate people in exceptional circumstances, like ambulance yeah. drivers, for example, fire service, civil defence, medical professionals, and critical supply chains, or HGV drivers. So if you do have a test and you fit into that critical category and you contact them, they will try to get, they will try to accommodate you. By the way, Connor, just very quickly, for those who have a test booked and have a mm-hmm. date, what do they need do do they need to do anything or will, they, will the RSA automatically just send them out a new letter with a new date? Will they need to contact the RSA? Um, I would imagine, and here I don't want to stretch and talk for the RSA, but I would imagine the contact will be automatic. You'll be told of a cancellation and you'll be told that of a reschedule. Um, but I would stress now that, don't take that from me, better off talking to the RSA directly, as in check their website for updates. Like ourselves, like everybody, I suppose, things are changing on an almost daily basis. Yeah. But if we're stable in this phase for the time being, um, it, 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 it looks likely that it'll be a, a postponement and, and in due course it'll be contacted with a, with a reschedule. But RSA website should have that. All right, listen, thank you very much indeed, Connor Falk, and I appreciate you coming All right, now let me go to Sarah. Sarah, you're on Classic Hits. How are you doing, Sarah? Hi, Niall, how are you? Good. Sarah, now you've been in a situation which is probably familiar to people where you've been unwell uh, and you seem to have all the symptoms, well, what we're being told, the symptoms to watch out for. So well, what happened? Um, well, Niall, I didn't quite have all the symptoms now. I had shortness of breath and cough, but I had no fever. Okay. And I, of course, I contacted my GP and my, I was all started actually with a kidney infection. And I also had the coughing symptom at the start. Right, okay. So I was sent in to the hospital about my GP, and they'd done a CT scan. They never really uh, treated the cough at the time. It was just a kidney infection. They'd done the CT scan, and <clears throat> they saw that I had a bit of infection in my lungs. Okay. So that was fine. <clears throat> Went home. Then I started uh, getting the symptoms, shortness of breath, and I contacted my GP again, and I was sent to the hospital. 
So I was sent to the hospital. I was left sitting waiting. And then I was sent home untreated with um, with the shortness of breath and cough. And I was just told I had to go get tested. Right, okay. And, 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 and were, you, were you given any medication or anything like that? Or? No, I was given no medication at this time. I was only given antibiotics okay. uh, for the kidney infection at the time, which was a kidney stone. Right, okay. And um, I went home again and I contacted my doctor again. And they sent me back to the hospital for the third time. This was... Wait, you know, and were you in A and E by the way at any stage? Were you yeah, yeah, this okay, was right. all A and E. All A and E. So you're sitting there um, with other people, obviously, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is. I think uh, I could have possibly even picked it up in the hospital or anything. You don't know. Yeah. I was like, but um, it's just been. I've been sent up and down and up and down. And did anybody suggest a COVID test at any stage? No, I've been. They, when my doctors first put me in the on the the system for a test, but I was taken off it again. Because I didn't meet the criteria. The new criteria they brought in yeah. now, yeah. Well, no, this is the first, yeah. So oh, so the first criteria. criteria, you didn't meet that either. I, no, I, no, I did. I met the first, the first criteria I did meet. But the second right. criteria then is that I didn't meet it, so they said they wouldn't test me. Right. And um, then they just keep sending me to the hospital, and the hospital is sending me back to the doctor telling me, you know, you need to get tested with your doctor, and then the doctor sending me back to the hospital saying they need to test me. So, like, it's just, I've been slipping yeah. through the cracks, really. That's bizarre. Um, that's so, so your doctor obviously believes you do need to be tested. Yeah. Uh, but the HSE even, believe you don't. And they, there's you with a shortness of breath and a cough, which are two symptoms. And, I know, yeah. And, and how are you feeling today? Um, well, to be honest, I'm just back out of the hospital now. And they told me that because of my CT scan, they said that they saw something which they indicate, they reckon that they could, that I do have it, but they won't test me. Right. Which makes, I don't know, no so, sense so, at all. Okay, right. So they reckon that you might have COVID-19, but they won't test you. Yeah, but they said, they, what the doctor said to me is like, I'm nearly sure, he's like, you do have it. And he's like, by your CT scan, he said there was a glass-like effect right. in my lung, okay. from which they spotted, but they said that they I, I can hear you, because you keep, you have, uh, when you're, when you're talking to me, <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh yeah, I can hear the, the shortness <laughs> of breath and then the little cough. And I hope you're not going through too much pain. How's your chest? Does it feel tight or are you sore? Yeah, it's actually, yeah, it is quite tight and it's very, very sore from all the coffin. Yeah, but, I can uh, imagine so. But they have, they have given me something, they've prescribed me something anyway for the coffin, so hopefully that will, that ease, will, that will kind of ease the congestion a little bit. I know I know they're saying it. there is no medication for COVID-19, but you can take all the standard medication, you know, to ease, you know, a cough or to, you know, get paracetamol, for example, if you do have a fever, et cetera, et cetera. So those yeah. kind of medications do work somewhat. But so, Sarah, this is quite concerning that you're telling me that they believe that you might have it, but nobody's actually going to test you first. That's it. And I just can't stress enough, like, I don't have a fever, but because, but even though I have two other symptoms, they still think that I shouldn't be tested. Because and when did it start? When, when did your symptoms start? <clears throat> they started last Friday. I right. started with just a dry cough. Okay. But then the, it's kind of the symptoms have progressed. Right. But it's just because I haven't got the fever, they won't test me. They won't test you, okay. Yeah, and the doctor said, by my scan, he said he believes that I do have it, but... Now, I know I know they say a fever is the main symptom. I mean, the cough and everything else. And, the, and obviously, further on, then obviously you have the respiratory problems. But the fever, like a fever would be a main symptom of any virus. Um, yeah, but that's... Yeah, a bacterial, a bacterial infection, i.e. a chest infection, doesn't necessarily give you a fever. So maybe that's what they're thinking. I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm not a doctor, so I can't, obviously, I'm not going to diagnose but you. But even air. if you look at Kira Kelly now, like she yeah. was the same. She has no fever either, but she tested positive. 
Right. Okay. Well, I, I, I find that yeah, I found it unusual by the way that she managed to get the test the next day. But how anyway, that's a whole different story. But in, <laughs> but in saying in saying that, you, um, you I, never know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I, I don't know about that story at all. But go, I'm not going to get into that today in the air. But in relation to to your your experience, I find it bizarre that you've been back and forward to hospital. You've been sent there twice by your doctor. You clearly have symptoms, uh, which would lead us to believe that you might have it. A doctor's opinion that you might actually have it. And nobody's willing to test you just to at least get a stat anyway to see if you do have it. But it's just to know if I if I need to be treated for it or not because they could be treating me for something, you know, that I mightn't have or that I, yeah, I might have. Yeah, of course, have. yeah. I mean, somebody texts in, by the way, and say Claire Byrne had no fever either but tested positive. Right, okay. Yeah, but it's I, just uncertainty of not knowing if you do have it or not, like especially when you have other people at home who are also relying on, you know, this doctor, you know, to find out if you do have to be tested or... If you do have symptoms, can they go to work that they don't spread the disease or it's just, you know. Yeah, I know because you, you want to, at least if you get a negative test, you don't have to kind of isolate yourself from other people. But if, well, obviously at the moment it would be cautionary to do that. I'm assuming, are you doing that? Are you isolating at the moment? Oh yeah, I am, yeah. yeah. The only place I've been to really is the doctors now up and down to and, and A&E, and A&E, and A&E which, is, yeah. which has a lot of people in it. The doctors, the doctor wouldn't even let me down to the surgery. Like my, my own GP wouldn't let me anywhere near the surgery because of the cough. But he sent you to A&E. Yeah. <laughs> and, when he, and when he went to... wants to deal with me. <laughs> no. <laughs> so almost God, like poor girl is a leper. I mean, did, when you went to A and E, did they give you a mask when you sat down? Did That's it's... everyone had a mask, but I was only saying this to my dad. And I was like, when I the first day I went down on the Monday to get my scan, they put me into one area. So they said go to the area furthest away. Right. And then when I went in, then last night, then they said sit to the area of the back. And when I was sitting there, I just said, if you're sitting in this area, you must be wearing a mask. Right. So obviously they have isolated people who might be coming with COVID symptoms to sit at the back of the waiting area. Right. And then if you're healthy and it's something else like, you know, an arm break or something, they have you sitting to the front of right, the waiting to area. Keep you away. But but yeah. yeah, but my think it is, let's say you didn't have it, right? And then they're putting other people who might have it sitting beside you down the back. I mean, that's kind of then a chance then of you actually catching it. And so I, I find the whole thing is all a little bit disjointed. Um, the whole it really way, is. I mean, you shouldn't be in a, if If there's a suspicion that somebody has COVID-19, you shouldn't be sitting in A&E at all. You should be sitting in your car. But that's why today they told me, <clears throat> they gave me a number. And they said, ring this number when you're outside and the doctor will come out and get you. Which sounds like a a better system, I think, as yeah. opposed to leaving someone like last night where I was like sitting there for three hours yeah. waiting to be seen. Yeah, or even sit outside if they had like, you know, in the restaurants they have those little <laughs> uh, circular things that buzz, you know, when you have yeah. to wait for your meal. And they leave you, <laughs> if they could leave you sitting outside the door on a bench or something, I mean, it buzzes, you could go in rather than sitting in beside other people. It doesn't make any sense. But I'm I'm, I'm very distressed to hear that you didn't get a test yet and you sound quite unwell, to be honest with you. I, don't I know, mean that it's, the way, cough, it's the cough that was the worst one. And then last night getting sent home, the doctor literally took an x-ray and said, yeah, you need to go back to your doctor and you need to get tested. And I tried to tell him, I was like, they've changed the rules now and that like you, you need to meet certain criteria with your doctor. And he said, no, no, no. And I was like, so I'm not going to get refused a test. And he said, no, you won't get refused. And then I went back to my doctor and they said, sorry, we can't give you the test. Like, you'll have to go back to the hospital. Like, they need to arrange that for you. So I was just getting sent back and forth looking for this test. 
Yeah, I'm, look, I'm looking here at some of the text coming in. Somebody says, no, um, it does sound like that girl has COVID-19. They're all judging, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but they said the hospitals are under pressure and cannot test everybody. Uh, they have to test medics first. It's really not too much for people to stay at home for two weeks if they have the symptoms. And I know that's what they're kind of saying. Like, it's not that we don't care about you. It's, yeah, you probably <laughs> have it. And, uh, you know, just stay at home. Just She'll be all grand. I wanted, all I wanted was, like, some medication to help with my chest because I'm coughing so much that I'm afraid, like, there's a very bad infection in there and I just want something to help with it. Yeah. And they won't let me go to the doctor, my own doctor, in case of, like, elderly patients and stuff. And then I, you know, then the hospital then are just sending me back to my doctor, like, and all I wanted was something just to help, something that can help with the chest infection. Yeah, so well, it's like you don't know who do you go to or where you go. I know, I know, but it's all, it is all very confusing times. And by the way, if the cough is that bad, I had a really <coughs> bad cough going back a while ago. And I coughed so hard one day that I tore a muscle in my chest. And it was the most painful thing I've ever experienced in my life. I was actually in a hardware shop at the time. And I, I ended up on my knees and being helped by two people back out to my car, which was really embarrassing. And for days, I couldn't that move. Nice. I had this, I, got, I tore the muscle. I ended up having to get a CT scan and MRIs and everything. What I did was I tore these muscles. I can't remember what they're called, but they're just under your rib cage. And they're muscles oh, wow. that actually contract your lungs to make you cough. And I actually tore one of the muscles. Or yeah, so, I mean, that, I was in a bad way. I That's it, like, it's just, I'm in so much pain. Like, I my know. chest is so tight from coughing now. Like, it hurts. And I'm afraid of that. Like, I even said to my boyfriend, I was like, I coughed up a bit of phlegm this morning. And I was like, it looks like there was nearly blood in it because I've been oh, coughing God. so much. I know, so, because you can, you can really badly inflame your chest when you're coughing that much. And, and you could cough up blood because you can actually tear, you know, your, the inside of your lungs from coughing so much. And I always say to people, if you really have a bad cough, to kind of hold a pillow against your chest when you're coughing because it kind of makes it a bit easier. That's what they tell people who've had operations, for example. Kind of, you know, know. Yeah, just to, you know, like you're hugging the pillow when you're coughing <laughs> because it makes it a bit easier on your chest. But uh, in saying that, Sarah, I, I don't know what to recommend to you that, you know, I'd like to be able to diagnose you. I actually yeah. feel so sorry for you. I don't know what to, what to say to you. I mean, but would knowing that you have it make it any better? Um, yes, in some senses, because at least I can tell people that are at home who are there with me whether it's safe for them to leave the house now because it they probably can't go isn't. to work now. Yeah, but it probably isn't. If <laughs> If there are people in that house with you... I would recommend that they shouldn't probably. This is well, the recommendation from the government, from the HSE, is anybody who's in your house or your immediate contact, like your boyfriend, for example, who I'm assuming you've had contact with, <laughs> <laughs> unless you've become celibate or something like that, I'm assuming you've had contact with. I, the recommendation is that, that none of them go to work, um, that they shouldn't be in contact with other people, that they all isolate themselves for at least seven days to make sure oh, they don't have any symptoms. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, the best but the recommendation is 14 days. You know, yeah. but but I suppose after seven, you'd probably know whether you had some sort of symptoms or something like that. You know what I mean? I would that's imagine it, exactly. So that's why, like, it's just it would just be nice for to tell them. Yeah, I know. It, it would be nice. No, and I know they're saying within the next two weeks there will be a home <laughs> test that you can get, similar to the diabetes test with a drip of blood that you stick a pin in your finger and you like a little gadget, you know, a little strip. Um, and they will have that. Hopefully, they're hoping in about two weeks. And the plan is, once that comes along, we can all then test ourselves, essentially, maybe. That could be the plan. We'll go to our local pharmacy, get a test, test ourselves. And if we don't have it, that at least then we know I can go to work or I can go out and I'm grand. Or if you have, And there's also another test coming out, I read about this morning, where they'll be able to test people who've had it maybe three weeks ago and didn't even know they had it and because they'll test for antibodies in your blood. 
you know, so essentially those people will be safe then because they know they're immune to it because you can only catch it once. Um, so all those things are on the way, which will make life easier for everybody. But I understand the wanting to know, Sarah. I understand that. Yeah. It makes life easier, you know. Well, look, I, well, wish, hopefully. I wish you well, you poor mice. You must, be, you must be in a terrible situation. Oh, well, it's nice having a few days off anyway. It's, it's good to have a chat, home. isn't it? <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> it's nice to talk, even though there's thousands of people who listen to you. It's just nice to have an old chat. If you ever want to ring again for a chat, by the way, Sarah, you're quite welcome to <laughs> And how are you occupying yourself? Um, well, to be honest, I went, I did go for a walk, well, up until yesterday, but then, obviously, the shortness of breath, I can't really go out and walk as far, but no. um, <clears throat> just baking, making, I made sushi yesterday, that right. was quite interesting. Right, okay, and was it successful? Watching, it was, it was very nice. Okay, okay. And um, just kind of watching TV, really, there's not much you can do. You I think we're pulling out my puzzles, but... Yeah, the, the puzzles, puzzles are a good idea because the TV, you can kind of get bored of watching the same thing yeah. over and over again. Yeah. There's only so many episodes of so many things you can watch on Netflix without getting true. bored. I mean, you can do a bit of binge watching, watch a whole season of something. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Brooklyn Nine-Nine and White Collar. Very re- well recommended anyway. It's right. past the time. <laughs> I've, I've just been told in my ear, by the way, that Brooklyn Nine-Nine is a great show. I haven't seen it. it. <laughs> I've just been told. Yeah. It's very funny. <laughs> nice. I've been told to say this. You might understand it. Nice. Does that what, what does that mean? What are you doing? Nice. Okay, they must they must say it in the show or something like that. I don't know. But listen, I wish you well, Sarah, and I hope you get better soon. All right. And I, I and look, you got to look at the light at the end of the tunnel. The thing is, Sarah, this will be gone in a week's time. You'll be running around, jumping up and down, and the hopefully the cough will be gone. All right. I really That's do. Right. It will. But the be main gone. thing is, I'm I am healthy and I'm young. Like I'm lucky. Yeah. That's How old the are you? Thing. How old are you? Um, I'm 28. All right, okay. You'll be great. Oh, yeah, so I am lucky in that sense anyway. Yeah, and I, no I, I know people are watching the television and they're hearing all these horrible, horrible stories around the world, you know. Um, but the one thing you have to always remember, it's not going to be you. Uh, because, you know, like, for example, for a 28-year-old, right, um, to have a very serious condition or end up in ICU, you know, with the COVID-19 would be the same as the chances of you winning the lottery. Exactly. If you, if you understand what I'm saying, the possibility of that happening to you at 28 years of age would be so low, it wouldn't be a thing. So like most 28-year-olds who'd get it, you will have a bit of a bad time, a bad cold, a bad cough, as I can clearly hear, and, you know, and you'd be coughing quite a lot. But in saying that, you know, you'd be grand. You'd get past it. You'd you know, get past you'd be better, it. You'd be better for your marriage, isn't that what they say? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> if it's for as my mother would say, if it's for you, it won't pass you. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. It's lovely talking Thanks to you. Right. Now, bye. Bye, bye, bye. Oh, by the way, can I mention too as well, I want to take a couple of callers after the break about Sunday closing. Because... I was kind of watching over the weekend, or should I say, when last weekend in particular, I suppose, before the, the strict measures came in. And, you know, the, the closeness of families. And I know a lot of people went to the beach and went to Glendalock and things like that that they shouldn't have done. But it did show that there was a sign there that families were doing things together again. And it kind of made me feel that we rely so much on technology. We spend so much time watching telly on our iPads, playing our Playstations, whatever we happen to do or whatever, whatever keeps us happy. It's usually involving technology and we tend to ignore each other and don't do things together anymore. We don't have time, you know, making memories, as they say, when your kids are young. And it was wonderful to see it. Now, I'm reiterating you're not to do it now because we've been told we shouldn't be doing it now. We need to stay at home unless it's a necessary journey. But last week, when people were doing it, some people silly, yes, uh, but it still was nice to see. And going forward, when all this is ending and when all this ends, which it will, it'll end very soon. Uh, For all those people who think there's no light at the end of the tunnel, it seems that way at the moment. But it will all end very soon. 
Do you think that we should go back to the way it was on Sunday, going back 30 or 40 years ago? When I was a kid, nowhere opened on a Sunday. Shops didn't open. Still, by the way, in Northern Ireland, the shops don't open till 12 o'clock on a Sunday. And they close at five. Uh, it's a kind of religious thing. Um, and there, even then, it was tough to allow it to happen up the north because there were so many religious groups there who objected to it. And that was the reason we did it down here, because it was protected as the Sabbath. Now, I'm not religious by any stretch of the imagination, but culturally, should we go back to closing everywhere on a Sunday? Pubs, clubs, bars, restaurants. Well, maybe not restaurants. Restaurants would be okay. I think it's nice to have the family out for an afternoon, for a dinner. Um, you know, everywhere that doesn't need to open. Shops, shopping centres. Is there a reason for them? Do we really need them open on a Sunday? Should that not be a time you spend with your family? Would it be a good idea to go back to the past where we saw the, pu- the pubs and the shops all closed on a Sunday? Let me know what you think if that's a good idea. The number is 087-188-0008. That's 087-188-0008. Let me go to Dave. Dave, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Dave? What's the story? Would you like to see the shops and pubs stay closed? When all this is over, um, would you like... I know I, I know you're not religious either, really. So, I mean, but, but just from a point of view, cultural point of view, would you like to see them stay closed? I think it'd be nice. Do you know, hmm. you, could, you could kind of give people, like, a, a, like forcibly have a day of rest. Do you know, because I find, like, you know, to be honest with you, on a Sunday, that's kind of our thing anyway. We'll go off and do something or we won't go shopping or anything. But, like, just, you know, when you're working, like, Monday to Friday especially, do you know, yeah. and, like, you get home in the evening time, do you know, before you know it, it's time to go to bed again. And then you get the weekend. You're like, right, I have 48 hours to try and cram as much shit in as I can yeah. before I go back to work on Monday morning. Yeah. So it would be nice to have a day where everything is closed and go, just, you know, we might do something we don't normally do. Yeah, apart from walking walk. around Paris City or Harvey Norman's or Aldi or something like that or That's whatever it, it is. Yeah, yeah I, I hate doing that on a Sunday, to be honest with you. Sunday is a day of rest for us. You know, we either chill out at home and maybe play board games and stuff or go off for a walk somewhere, maybe go for a walk along the beach, that kind of thing. Yeah, and during the summer particularly, you know, when you can pop up to Glendalock or whatever, whatever part mm. of the country you happen to be living in, you know, during a Kerry, whatever it is that you want to do, that you can kind of go for that nice, you know, day out in the car and have a picnic or something, because we don't do that as much as we should. And and I've noticed, although they shouldn't have been doing it last week, you know, hats off to families who kind of decided this was a good time to have family time. Yeah, I know, but thanks for ruining it for the rest I of it. I know, was, yeah, of course. I yeah. was hoping to head down as far as this again, but I think I'll, I'll pause on that. Yeah. I'll do the work or something. No, but it would be nice. So I even remember when I was younger, uh, when we used to live in Dublin, um, uh, even when I was a kid, a lot of the shops still didn't open. You'd have a few of them would be open, but a lot of them wouldn't open on a Sunday. So instead of going in and going to the shops, we might go to a museum or an art gallery or something like that. But Sunday is just like every other day now, isn't it? What you mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you, you yeah. Know, I don't mean I don't mean coronavirus time. I'm talking about three week up to three weeks ago. I, I always remember a story. Actually, I used to work in a place called Waltham Electronics out in Dunleary. And um, I used to have to get the bus to the train station. So every morning I'd wake up at half past six and I had to get the train at 20 past seven and I have to get a bus at Harmonstown to get me down to the train station. Anyway, so this particular day, I got my clothes on. I was, you know, you're in a panic when you get up a little bit late. Yeah. You're in a panic. You don't even know what you're doing, right? And you're, every morning. Oh, me. yeah, out the door, ran up Edenmore Gardens up to the top and I'm standing at the bus stop at Harmonstown. And I'm looking, and there's nobody at the bus stop except me. And I'm going, that's a, that's a bit unusual. <laughs> All right, and then I see people walking around. Now, you won't know, you won't probably understand this, Dave, you're too young. But I see people walking around dressed well. And I'm going, right. Why are they all in their Sunday clothes? But they're all on the way to Mass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, it was a Sunday, yeah. 
I forgot it was a Sunday morning and I shouldn't have been in work. But but in, that was the way it was in those days. The streets were quiet on a Sunday. There wasn't as much traffic on the road. People dressed up in their Sunday clothes. Now Sunday's just another but day. It, yeah, and it is. It's nice. And you used to have little traditions like that. We like, we kind of had stuff like that now when I was younger. Now like we we were not a, we were never a religious family, so we never went to mass. Yeah, but we would. Get oh, up I was on sent a to mass. My dad would send you to mass. Oh, I know, yeah. I, a cousin of mine was like that. His dad never went to Mass, but he told me, if I, if I hear you're not Mass on Saturday, oh, yeah. I'll break a hurley off you. Oh, yeah, you know? so you'd come home, like, and my dad would say to me, all right, what was the sermon about? Yeah. Who said the, the Mass? The hypocrisy <laughs> there, like. <laughs> but, uh, no, but we used to, we'd get up on a Sunday morning, and, you know, my dad would uh, make a fry up, and then we'd all get up, you know, dressed Did up Did your dad nice make a fry and, as well, yeah? Oh, my dad, my dad made the best dinners ever. They weren't good for your heart, but Jesus Christ, that I man know. That man could cook a T-bone. It My was, dad used to do the fry up and he'd have fried bread. He used to fry the I bread re- as well. I remember the fried bread. I actually tried to make that recently. Uh, I got a bit nostalgic and I was making uh, breakfast. I was like, you know, I haven't fried fried bread in ages. So I threw it in and did it the way my dad used to do it. And it, I took one bite of it and I went into the bin. Yeah, I, I like, know. It's greasy I like, I and disgusting. I, I was like, I can't believe whole generations of people were actually brought up eating this shit. No wonder heart disease is so prevalent in this country. I know, my father used to say, a bit of fried bread and put hairs on your chest. That's it, yeah. <laughs> like, I used to love when my dad cooked dinner, but I wouldn't have him too often because, do you know, like your cholesterol goes through the roof. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But it was. Sunday was a different day. Your dad would get up because he was working all week. Of course, times are very different where fathers went out to work, mothers stayed at home. Your dad got up on a Sunday and your mother would get a lie in and he'd make the breakfast. That was a kind of very common thing in Irish families. But do me a favour, stay there because I want to come to Bernie after the break as well. I want to know, would you like to see the return of the kind of Sundays that we used to have 30 years ago? Uh, our older members of the audience would remember it better than the younger members, I think, because most of our younger member of younger listeners would probably think Sunday is just a day like every other day. All right, let me just go to uh, Bernie, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Bernie? And Grant, Niall, I'm one of the age group that can actually talk about this. I the, loved Sunday being off. I loved it. Yeah, it was great, wasn't and it? It was great. And like he went to the mass at half ten. I think we were, there were 12 of us. So six of us went to half ten and the six of us went to half eleven or whatever. And then your your dad would be working. He'd finish at a quarter two. He's one of the ship. He was a guard, so he was finished at quarter two. My mother would have the dinner thrown to us at about one o'clock. And we'd all get into the car. We'd go out to the Hill of Tara or we'd go up to Phoenix Park. And uh, they brought us around for the day, and that was there. You go to your visit your auntie if there was one nearby, and yeah. that was it. Um, and there was no shops, and there was no, you know, you were part of a, you, were, you felt it was a family day. It was and a family got, day, yeah. Yeah, like Saturday evening when you get all the shoes and socks ready for the mass on Sunday and all the outfits to be taken out of the press and they made sure they were ironed What properly. was that all about, by the way? <laughs> that we were put into shiny new clothes for a Sunday. <laughs> we were in bits for the rest of the week. But, but, but. You had very little clothes and you think about it, all you had was, you know, your playing around clothes, which would be, you know, I don't even remember, I think it was a skirt and a top and a pair of those, you know, those runners, those white runners, the plimsolls that you had to yeah. change yourself. And you'd have a pair of socks. We didn't have all the clothes we have now like I think we had one good pair of socks and we had maybe a pair three pairs for the rest of the week yeah and, and you're right that the plimsolls and you used to get that squeezy stuff with the yeah, spongy thing on the end to make them white again that's right and there was none of this going out and buying a pair of Nikes we didn't even hear we didn't know what Nikes were no. and you went on the road in the evening and they made you pay for some of the friends the, family, the people on the road and that was it yeah. And you got a treat would be a pack orange and um, you know a, a biscuit. Like can you imagine a packet of biscuits coming to our house? Should they were swallowed whole? Uh, yeah, you know? there was two biscuits put into a bit of tin foil for you. That'd be grand. That'll do you. 
Yeah. yeah, and like you know, we went out to the Hill of Tara and she'd make sandwiches, maybe a you know, a bit of corned beef on a sandwich, and you'd be handed out them out the window. And they'd sit in the car and you'd run around the Hill of Tara <laughs> like a lunatic. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but you know what? They're great memories. And I, my father had a cine camera. I know you probably don't. Do you know what a cine camera is? Yes, I do remember what it is. <laughs> yeah, okay. Dave, do you know what a cine camera is? A silly camera? Not a silly camera. I thought <laughs> a silly <laughs> camera. A cine camera. No. Well, a cine camera was the first video recorder type thing, right? So, oh, it was her luxury. Wow, it was a luxury, yeah. It, it was a camera. that This is back in the 1960s, right? And he had a camera that you put a cartridge into and it was a Super 8 film and you got it, you brought it down to your local photographer shop and they would develop it for you and you'd come back on a roll of film and he'd put it on his projector, right? Ooh. And I, there's, I have videos of me when I was like eight years of age running around Salt Hill on the beach half what? naked with my father they're playing football with me and all that kind of stuff and in buttons by the way uh, so I, yeah so I've, I like they're 50 years old I have 50 year old videos so to speak or whether well, super 8 but I put them onto video now and oh, cool. uh, yeah and it's amazing to have and all those what we call creating memories I don't think families do that as much anymore and, and now I mean uh, you know I went to work as well I was a nurse and I trained in Baggett Street so there was no buses on a Sunday morning we still had to work so you know you'd, you'd be out they had a skeleton had, service didn't they yeah so you had to get all the patients in on a Sunday. I remember they'd be admitted on a Sunday for their operations Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. That was the way it was done. So you'd have a big admission input on a Sunday. So there was no buses. And, you know, I lived on the north side. So to get to the south side, you know, you had to go to your father and go, Dad, is there any chance you get up and bring me to work? <laughs> and like, you, got to, you know, you had to get a taxi or you cycled. So I cycled and, you know, got me down in the rainy days. But that was it. There was, okay, you know, so what we're saying is here, this, this is a good idea. So when all this ends, I think we should go back to closing shops and unnecessary places on a Sunday. But stay there for a second. Let me go to Maria as well. Maria, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing? Oh, Marie, Marie, sorry, I apologise. Marie, uh, you're pregnant at the moment. Yep. Congratulations. Say congratulations, Bernie and Dave, to Marie. Marie, I'm very happy for you. All right, okay. (laughs) And uh, your husband is currently away working in Scotland. Yeah. All right, okay. And how is it for you now? How is it a bit tough for you at the moment? It is, um, but I'm very lucky. I've actually got my 14-year-old. I have a big age gap. Um, but I've got my 14-year-old. She's actually lovely. She's she's very helpful and kind of keeps my sanity mostly. All right, okay. So no, she's almost like your carer, is she? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you know? <laughs> and I, I suppose during these concerning times, being pregnant as well, you're a little bit extra cautious. You want to, you want to make sure that you're keeping away from people as oh, much as possible. Horrible. It's horrible, but to be honest with you, by nature, I'm not a huge people person anyway. Okay, so you're and quite solitary anyway. I'm quite happy to be, you know, on, on my own with the dog and my child and, and, and walking away from people. I, I feel like I've been training for this for years. <laughs> all right, okay. <laughs> okay, so Maria, would you be happy to, going forward, when all this is over, and it will end soon, hopefully, would you be happy to go back to a, a time where we didn't open places unnecessarily on a Sunday? Certainly, yes. Um, I actually work in retail, um, I'm not obviously at the minute, um, but you see a lot of families, parents coming in on a Sunday to work and they're having to juggle childcare and of course, you know, you're missing out on your child then, you know, and it's, yeah. horrible, it's horrible working Sundays and um, and it's, it's no problem um, not working Sundays either because it means that you're, you know, um, you 
you'd still be able to go shopping on, on your other day that you're off anyway. Yeah. And how do you think your 14-year-old would be able to handle that? Would she be fine with that? Because obviously, you know, places that she might go with her friends as she gets a bit older, maybe not at 14, but 16, yeah. won't be open. I think she'd be... She's she's fairly easy going. I'm, I'm you know, she'd... She wouldn't give a flying, really. To be honest with you. <laughs> no. She's very good about it. Is she looking um, forward to having a new brother or sister? Um, out loud, <laughs> no. But behind closed doors, yes. All right, okay. <laughs> oh, I'm so delighted. That'd be lovely. It will be lovely for her, yeah. It will, it will be so nice. Honest to God, it will be a great... Although she might lose a bit of the attention. <laughs> that, that might go away. But yeah. she's but she's mature. She's 14. She'll deal with us. She will. Well, and like, well, she's busy doing like before all of the virus stuff. She's actually busy with her own stuff as well. Like, she helps out at riding school, and she has a bit of a job doing um, at her kennels and things. So she's right. busy as well, anyway. You know, so it's not going to take away from that. All right, okay. Um, well, I, I think we're all in agreement. I think it'd be all great if we could go back to closing on Sundays uh, after the Saldos. I think. It- it wouldn't knock anything out of us, honestly. We know we're we don't need it, yeah. and it's lovely to have some time with your family. And I'm you know, us, us supporters can work someone. around. Yeah, sorry, sorry, Bernie. Just finish what you're saying, Bernie. Sorry, I beg your pardon. I said, oh, shift workers can can manage. We're fine. Like you know, things have changed, and we're able to work and get our shopping on a Wednesday night or yeah, Thursday. I don't, I don't know enough. what that person meant earlier on about shift workers and weekend workers. When are they supposed to get their shopping? And will they on another day? Yeah, we yeah. always do on another day. Yeah, <laughs> shop on a Tuesday, but there's no one else around. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Or they can have their their memory day on another day, on a Saturday, maybe for example, or something, or some other day. I don't I don't get what the person is trying to say. Uh, okay, loads and loads of people texting in. Thank you, Maria, by the way, and I wish you well. When's the baby due? Uh, 29th of April. Okay, well, it's not long now. No. Is the husband coming home from Scotland soon? I don't know. It depends on flights and everything. We're not sure what oh. way it would be, you know. Oh, right, okay. Oh, we have to. He'll be home for the birth, I hope. Well, you see, we're not if sure. If he can get home. Yeah, and you see, then on top of it, I'm not even sure if I'll be allowed a birthing partner. Um, oh, right. So, it's... It's it's a bit mad, you know. Um, so yeah, um, I've been told I probably won't be allowed visitors into the hospital, and I might not be allowed a birthing partner. Um, I know what young babies. I heard this morning a doctor on the radio this morning talking about young babies. Just to be careful, you know, of isolation. You know, uh, well, unnecessary visits. Yes. Yeah. Because, yeah. as, and by the way, young babies are usually very safe with these, but the last thing you want is to distress a young baby, you know, with this virus. And But young babies, generally speaking, are fine if they get it, their antibodies and their immune system pick, you know, will sort it out straight away. Thank you. Thank you. you. Know, so, I, I mean, mean, like, I feel sorry for anyone who's on, who's at the beginning of their pregnancy with this going on. Of course, it's yeah. It's really scary. Like, I'm yeah. quite lucky that I'm at the end. Okay, well, look, I wish you well with the baby. Will you do me a favour? Will you keep in contact with us and let us know what you have? We need to know about the baby now. Everyone wants to know. <laughs> okay, I will do. Thank okay, you. so we get back on to you. So the date again was April the what? Uh, 29th. Okay, Helena's putting it down in her diary. We're going to make sure we ring you back on the on the 30th, all right, to find out exactly what you had, because everybody now wants to know, all right? Oh, how funny. Okay, thank Okay, you. thanks, thanks, bye. bye. All right, thanks very much to everybody today for your calls, by the way. It was quite interesting. And a little bit lighter. Somebody says, thanks a million, Niall, for lightening up the show today. Yeah, well, I think it's nice. I think it's time we all try to focus away a little bit from what's happening around us in the world, because we can watch it every day in the news. And I know we want to bring you the information, as well as try and get a bit of conversation going too. Enjoy your day. Find something constructive to do. And if you're with your family, pull out a board game and have a nice family day. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits.